network, grow, create. UPR is hosted by UWGB PRSSA to take you deeper into conversations about internships and success tips by professionals locally and nationwide. Ask, listen, learn, act, share. Alas. I always heard the saying, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I thought the best way to do that would be joining PRSSA, and I was right. Welcome to a new episode of New PR. Today we are joined with Max Delabru from Cousin Subs. Today we are joined with Raquel Lamel. She is an Emmy award-winning journalist turned PR pro. I sometimes wish I would have enjoyed college a little more. I was very, very career focused. But- These are just some of the professionals that we speak with on a bi-weekly basis. Ready to network? Let's go. Welcome to a back for a new episode of New PR. I'm your host, Matthew, along with my co-host, Jaden. Today, our guest is Matt from Bear Performance Marketing. He is a 2012 UWGB grad and has a long track record of high performance. He is currently a content marketing specialist and knows the ins and outs of social media marketing. If you are looking to get those social media, branding, or marketing questions answered, you tuned in at the right time. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro. Very solid. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so for our audience, tell us a little bit who you are um, and then kind of what you do in your current role at uh, Bear Performance Marketing. I'd love to. So like you said, uh, my name is Matt Fralick. I am a UWGB alumni comrade from 2012. I work for Bear Performance Marketing as a content marketing specialist. Um, that title really doesn't describe what I do, but um, most of my work deals with social media, either for our own personal branding, um, all of our clients through different industries around Northeast Wisconsin, across the state, some um, throughout the country as well. I do some email marketing, do some business development with my boss and I. Um, We're a small, small agency, um, but that also gives us a lot of opportunity, or at least me, to be able to kind of get my feet wet in things I'm not comfortable with, things I've never experienced. Um, for instance, today, I actually wrote a job description for a uh, one of our clients. It's a friend of the uh, agency, and they need a job description for a journeyman plumber. Never done that before, but took a stab at it, and my boss said it was a good start, but he'd polish it. So that's just one of the, I guess, one of the small things that I get to do during a day-to-day basis. But overall, most of it is based around social media and a little bit of email marketing. Nice. So it sounds like just a wide variety of different things. Um, so... I'm going to kick it over to Jordan or to Jaden um, to kind of mm-hmm. take it from there um, into our next area that we want to focus on. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Um, Matt, can you explain to us how you got to where you are today, as well as describing kind of your college experiences as well as job journey to uh, from college to now? For sure. Um, it was a long winding path. I'll just put it that way. Um, few dead ends, few like, what the hell am I doing moments? Um, I think in college, some of the experiences I had, which were awesome, um, was getting into the campus television, campus radio. Um, That allowed me to basically find my voice. I really had no idea what what I was doing when I went to college. I knew initially it was something, maybe I was gonna get into teaching, 
maybe something to sports broadcasting. Um, being on ESPN would have been great back in the day, being like next to like Stuart Scott, rest in peace, or like Dan Patrick, any of those guys, right? That was that was the goal. And like as I was getting into college, I honestly had no idea if UWGB offered that. And they obviously did um, with a comm program. Um, and I was able to have some upperclassmen that I was roommates with, some that lived in the, the, the trads with me, um, get me into the radio station, get me into flash TV at the time. And then just kind of, again, find like, okay, I can take this passion of sports and broadcasting and turn it into at least a side project or work on my own voice. Um, so post-graduation, uh, in 2012, I was working a couple different sales jobs, um, just like I think anyone does when they get out. I know a lot of recent grads that I've talked to, uh, they just, you know, you're, you're basically, I mean, unless you're very, very lucky and fortunate, uh, obviously the ones that uh, graduated in 2020 uh, spring didn't have that luxury during a pandemic. But even even when times are really, really good and um you know, the economy's booming, there's still not those opportunities that you'd always like, whether that's, um, you know, maybe the pay is not right, maybe you don't have the experience yet, which we know how that looks on a job description. But really, it was just kind of finding my way for a few years, getting out of some old habits, college habits of, you know, maybe not being as dedicated as I should be as a professional and just kind of more concerned with maybe what's going on with the Packers or social life with my friends during the week. So um, I really did try to take any opportunity that was presented to me though. Once I graduated, I think that was important. So I was in, um, I sold used cars for a couple of years. I was in some retail jobs. I worked at a bank as a teller, which I was not a big fan of, but it paid the bills. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And, you know, getting out of college, um, I, I kind of had this thought that I was going to get into the media business right away. And it was going to be exactly what I wanted and hearing friends of mine that were getting out and getting jobs, working for a radio station or a TV station. I was like, Ooh, that's, that's not what I want to do. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Um, so I always on the, had that itch to do some sort of broadcasting or podcasting or TV. And I've, I've done a couple podcasts over the last couple of years, finally found my footing with that, which has been a lot of fun. Um, which led me to this podcast as well. But really, I think one thing I could say is that my experiences, they they may have been winding and may have been dead ends and fallen on my face a few times, um, but really kind of at least knew where I wanted to end up. Um, so I'm definitely on more of a straight and narrow path now with my career, but it definitely took me close to a decade to figure that out, which I guess is just life in itself, right? You just kind of slip and fall and you figure it out as you go. Yeah, I, I can kind of relate to that. Um, so I, I'm actually an older college student, so I'm 28, okay. um, and I okay. actually didn't go to college right away, and then went to college for business management, didn't want to do that, worked for about two years, went back to college, um, but eventually I figured out what I wanted to do. Um, but again, it's like a winding road, um, mm -hmm. you got to take all the opportunities that are quit your way. Um, you said you did internships on um, Flash TV, which is no longer there, sadly. Mm -hmm. Heard so many good things about that. Um, but yeah, definitely do that. Um, so you described many things. It sounds like you were a pretty active student. Um, so what, if you had to pick something though, um, what is something that you were in in college? You said something more, I would have done more of? 
Yes. Yep. Something else, there's two regrets I have from college. So I don't. I guess that one would have been to study abroad or at least study at a different semester within like the U.S. Whether it was go to some random warm school, probably that would have been nice. Um, get out of the the cold UW Green Bay semester at one point, maybe in the, the spring. Um, another one would have probably just been take a random class that really had no. Um, credit towards like my gen eds or towards my degree that would have been cool just to try something completely different um i i don't think there was any class that I ever did i was very focused on getting out in four years and i was able to do that um it seemed like that was what what i should do quote unquote so i every class i took had a had a reason behind is either fulfilling a, a requirement for a gen ed or fulfilling a requirement for my minor or my majors and I, I guess hindsight, it would have been nice to just expand my horizons, take a kickboxing class or take some sort of philosophy class that I had no real interest in possibly, but maybe that would, it would have just maybe gained a different perspective or, and, or met some other um, college students that I, you know, once you get into your, your comm or your, your major classes, like that's the only people you see, right? Like you don't really see that many different people. So that would have been something I would have done. Um, I mean, there's always things you could do more of, I guess more of probably would have just been even more active, uh, getting to other organizations that were out there and just trying to maybe network a little bit more in college instead of doing it more after college. Awesome. Um, so I guess now we're shifting um, from college to more of uh, what you do in your current role and some advice you might be able to give. Um, so Jaden's going to ask you this next question here. Yeah. So, uh, why is branding so important for companies as well as what is one of your favorite brands and why? Good question. So branding is so important for companies because like you, you don't want, you don't want the outs people outside of your building or the outside of your organization to, to tell that story. You want to be telling that story. And if it's not clear, people are going to make their own assumptions. Um, I think we can all you know, I'm sure going through your majors or even before you're in high school, I'm sure there's brands that you've noticed and they've, you're not sure what they're doing here. And all of a sudden, six months later, they're rolling out this campaign and you're just, you're very confused, right? So I think having consistent messaging, um, knowing what your focus is and then being able to tell people that um, is super important. And with the advancement of social media and the internet, like everything's so different than it was before I went to college and before Matt went to college. Like it was, it was more traditional media, more TV, radio, newspaper. Now it's like, those are, those are still applicable, but like the way the internet moves so fast is that you have to make sure all of your imaging that's online is, is relevant. I mean, there's times we come in contact with, with um, organizations we work with at Bayer and we'll start working with them. And all of a sudden, a couple months down the road, we're, I'm working on some social media content. I find a, a, like an old, like Foursquare, like a, an old Foursquare four review that's out there for them. And you're like, wait, people don't even use Foursquare really anymore, but this is still out there and you need to make sure this is like removed. And I think it's just important to have this cohesive messaging so people understand what your brand is. And I think it's just, it helps people buy into their brands more, which leads to the second questions like, what are my favorite brands and why? I I'm kind of like, I don't want to say this because I think I'm kind of like a brand snob a little bit, like not where I'm like completely loyal to brands because of certain things, but there's definitely brands I just don't really care for just because of what they stand for or their products they put out. Um, I would say if there's a brand that I really, really like and it 
it's, I guess it's going to lean in more to the snob thing. I really like Apple's products. I think they're very, um, very reliable. You pay for what you get. You might pay a little bit more than, you know, it's a competitor, whether it's an HP, a Dell, whatever that, that device is. But I think you really just get what you pay for and the customer services, like no other. Um, I think customer service is a huge thing. And that goes kind of back to like creating good branding. Like we've all been on phone calls. I've been on one with AT&T in the past for internet. And it's just, it's two hours. And I'm just talking about like, making sure I can get a promo for my internet for the next 12 months. And it takes me two hours where if I have an issue with something that's actually like of financial substance with Apple or Amazon, it's lickety split. they got me in there. They're getting a, you know, replacement sent my way. They're conversing in conversation with me. They're asking how I've liked maybe my experiences in the past. So I think, um, I've kind of fallen into being a somewhat of a loyalist with Apple. Um, and I think it's just like, I, I like to, pursue brands that I think I, they, people speak highly of them. You can rely on their products. You don't have to worry up, you know, I don't worry waking up one morning and realizing my iPhone is like just completely fried or dead. I, I would, and if that was the case, I would know it'd probably be fixed within half of a day. If it was something small, um, we don't have an Apple store on here. We'd have to go to Milwaukee, but I mean, there's just those where I kind of have like a peace of mind type of thing with brands. I really like locally. There's other brands. I like too. I like to support local brands. Um, I think of some breweries offhand that do a really, really good job, some local restaurants, but it's really the brands that are a little bit more unique and that really stand for something. that maybe it's a little bit off the beaten path as other ones I like to pursue as well. Awesome. Um, so you pretty much, <laughs> I was going to ask what, why is branding so important? Um, or how do companies and organizations create good brands? But you kind of described it, customer service, um, reliability. So I guess we can kind of reframe that question to if somebody's trying to start their own company um, and create a good brand, what would step one be? Sure. So um, we have a graphic designer that works at Bear and her and I have gone back and forth on this a few times. To be honest, I've learned I, I really knew nothing about branding before I started with Bear. I mean, I've observed um, brands like I've, I've spoken of, but she's kind of told me you, you start from the grassroots of what it is like from, do you even have a name? Do you have a slogan you like? Is there imagery you don't want? Is there imagery you like? Is there color schemes? And then you kind of build it from there. So I think the way you build it is you have to you know, what do you believe in? Do you have a mission statement? What, um, are you an LLC? Are you in corporate? Like, and what is the actual name of your company? Do you even have a name at this point? So establishing that and knowing what that is, and then kind of just branching out from that, are there certain colors you don't want to be associated with? Um, when we do, um, competitive research for brands that will be, you know, building them from the ground up, we look at like, Oh, this within this industry, all the brands use three colors and two out of the three are yellow and black. Okay. We're going to completely go away from that. And we don't want to be associated with those brands. So people can visually know who they are. Um, it's a lot of just some very basic things to start. And then after that, you again, go back to the competitive research. Okay. These are things that we know we have to have because we stand by these, but what makes us different? Like what, what makes us stand out from the competition? So I think just, finding your space in within your competition within that marketplace is very important because you don't want to be like everyone else you don't want to be aligned with maybe a similar a similar image um that could be 
misconstrued, whether that be with a different brand or look like a different, some form of image that maybe isn't co uh, you know, collaborative with your brand either. Yeah. And kind of going off of how you want to get your message out there. Um, how has brand messaging shifted during COVID? Whew, that's a really good question. Um, I would say, I would say that in the, since COVID, I think there's a lot of brands that either you kind of, as a consumer, you could kind of observe where they stood with COVID or even politically. Like if they're not putting out messaging, supporting X, Y, Z, whether it's um, first line workers or, you know, if they're not putting any of that imagery out, that's kind of, it's, it's a tough line because you don't know if you're going to offend certain people. And with the climate that we're in, it's, you know, getting done with an election year, thank goodness that's kind of gone. But there's a lot of times where it's like, you, you notice brands that are, were out in front right away doing stuff. I want to say it was like Walmart or Target. I remember them doing a, a, um, a video campaign in early April. And I was like, wow, they were really on it. You know, a couple of weeks into the, the entire country shutting down in the world for that means. So like they were out in front, talking how people could, you know, still order their essential stuff. I think Amazon maybe had one at some point letting people know that, Hey, like your Amazon prime for your, um, your, your cell phone charger isn't going to show up in two days. I hope that's okay. Um, here's why. So I think it's, it's made people you, you, as a like in, in PR and social media, you have to be willing and able to adjust on the fly. I mean, we had clients that I worked with or we still work with that were completely event and experience based and they lost all their revenue for a few months because they didn't have tickets to sell for these events. They didn't have services they could offer. And so I think you have to be willing to pivot and adjust on the fly, whether you're a business or for us, like what are we supposed to market? What can we get out there? And sometimes it's just like feel good stories. So I think really at the end of the day, you just have to be, you know, know what you stand for, know what your morals are. And that kind of goes back to the branding. Like, do you want to be associated with this thing going on in the world do you want to be associated with this do you just want to sit back and not do anything because sometimes that's almost the best but there are times where you probably should get out and in, in front of certain hot topic issues yeah most definitely um i work for um a fast casual restaurant chain and we were one of the first to introduce um curbside pickup um which mm -hmm. our brand is all around making sure that we continue to deliver fresh quality products um, and then quick as well. Um, but then also during COVID, we had to make sure we had proper communications um, for COVID-19, for people going into the lobby, for people um, wanting to then pick up things. Um, so all that really, as you said, affects the brand um, and the messaging, um, all that goes along with it. Um, so that's, that's pretty much a uh, print and then um, point of purchase, which we call it in the restaurant industry um, messaging. But then nowadays with COVID-19 and even before COVID-19, um, brands are utilizing social media um, for branding and or marketing. And if you could describe like three positives and then three, um, I guess, not so good things about social media usage for brands, what would those be? Sure. Um, so I think the first one is you're able to tell your story, right? Like you, you can use social media as a brand or a company any way you want. If it's just having a Facebook page, great. Make sure you just do awesome at that. If you want to have 
Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You want to be on TikTok, Snapchat. You want to put a YouTube, like that's fine, but understand what it takes to put out that content effectively. Because if you neglect certain channels, well, then your, your audience, this is more of a negative, then they're going to come and, you know, they're going to do their competitive research, right? Most, most people when they're researching anything, buying a car, going to get a bite to eat, um, buying a new cell phone, they're doing research. And for me personally, I could be biased, but sometimes I go straight to their Instagram page, Facebook page, Twitter page, even before I get to their website, because I want to know what they're talking about, what new services are out there. Cause oftentimes those are updated most often. So I would say for positive, it's a storytelling for a negative one. It's if you're not using it, it can have a bad connotation behind it and your brand could kind of look like it's outdated. Um, number two is I think just like I kind of led to, it's just that quick information. It's really, really tough to have a full blown, five figure video campaign that you want to roll out and get on network television. Um, but it's much easier to grab a cell phone and do a live stream or record a podcast or do any sort of short video that you can do just straight from your phone. I mean, you can just upload this to all your platforms at one moment and make sure you have good copy dating and make sure you edit, put a little pizzazz, maybe with some you know, lower thirds or whatever. And you're, it's just so quick. Um, on the negative side, that's, it can be bad. You have, I mean, I have keys to the car to 30 to 40 different social media accounts at one point on my phone. And like, have I made mistakes for sure? Like nothing that's been drastic, but I mean, we've had clients in the past where I'm like, Ooh, that they do stuff on social. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, if that would have passed through more of a chain of command and took a little longer, that would have been better. So um, that can be bad because we, there's brands all the time that have stuff there. It's like, Oh, we got hacked or celebrities that we got hacked. It's like, well, we know 90% of those aren't, aren't actually true. So I guess the, the, the bad thing would be to get it out there so fast. Um, the third one to me is there, I feel like there's more of a, this might be repetitive, but there's more of a connection there. It's, there's, it's very, having a video on TV is completely different than having a video that I'm looking with on my phone. And even those, we could even make the argument that they're the same, but I can't comment on a video on my TV. I can comment on a YouTube video on my cell phone and get potentially an instant response within minutes from the person running that social media account, possibly the person actually even created the video, which is just like this instant connection where there's these like really rich communication styles that are going on. Um, you could ask a question, they could provide you with a link. So that's a huge opportunity sometimes for businesses. If um, we have that once in a while where there's business, there's people that comment about specials going on or services that we're providing, we're able to just to drop them a URL and people can click it right there. I can't do that on my television. I can't, I can't find a, you know, a, a frequently asked questions page on a website doing that. Um, something negative though, I think on social media is just, there's, there's been a lot of bad in the last, I would say year. Um, a lot of that is to do with a, you know, a historic pandemic. A lot of that's because it was election year. So I think, we have clients um, in the older demo and just in the nature of where we are geographically in Wisconsin that aren't very um, up on the latest information, if you will. Um, there's misinformation out there. There's They're not sure of what's going on. They feel that they shouldn't be on social media. We have to tell them they still should because, like I said, people are researching it. So, um, 
and paired with that information can travel so fast that sometimes they can take a life of its own. And then these platforms are scrambling to figure out how to pivot and counter that. And then as a end user or a provider, if you will, of that service, I'm trying to figure out as quickly as it's changing, what I need to do, what this new update is, why is this look different? Why are, why does Twitter have fleets now? I don't like fleets. I think fleets is stupid. I thought that was only for Instagram. So it's like this whole evolution thing that ha can happen just overnight by an, an update on an app. Yeah. Well, that, that was definitely a lot of information there. Um, but of course, social media, one of the coolest things that I think social media gave us. And I think to me, it seems like the reason why social media uh, was created uh, is a sense of community and community with the brands for our customers to interact with us daily, whether it's through our brand um, and they don't need to be face to face. They can just connect. Um, but ultimately, there's some downsides to that, too. Um, it's kind of shifting gears still about social media, though. Um, how uh, should companies post content and when should they post it? Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. Um, so we could post something on Instagram and post something on Facebook at the same time. Um, and one post on Instagram could do a lot better than that post on Facebook. But if we switch around the times, um, one could perform um, better than the other. So if you could give some advice um, for students that are here and will be listening to this and they're looking to go into social media and their brand is like, oh, you're in charge of social media. So you get to choose um, when to post things. How do you kind of determine um, when to post certain content? Is there like certain times that are better, certain days of the week? Um, I guess. <laughs> no, good question. Good, very, very, very good question. So to start, you need to understand what what is your brand, right? Like we have manufacturing companies that we work with that people are punching the clock at 6 a.m. and are done by 2 so you have to understand like these people, if you want employees to be interacting with the posts, don't be posting it at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and also in that same breath, we have companies that are, uh, or organizations, I should say, that are more affiliated with younger demographics from the 16 to 30 year old. So high school kids that are probably up a lot later, college kids that are up a lot later, like understand who who is your target audience, whether that's if you're just looking for clicks and comments, that's great. Um, that's what we're all looking for on social media because it helps with the, the algorithm. Um, but understand who, who this company is talking to that you're working for. Number two is, you know, unfortunately, these algorithms change all the time. Um, Facebook used to have really, really good organic reach. It doesn't anymore. Then it was Instagram that had the best organic reach. That's not the case anymore. LinkedIn right now has pretty much the best organic reach from what I've observed. So things change so often. You have to stay up on the times right now from what I've observed across all platforms And this. I don't want to make a blanket statement, but there's like four different times you'd want to post. It's basically like when people are getting ready in the morning, on a traditional nine to five. So in the morning, you'd probably want to post anywhere from 7.30 to about 9.30. After that, you want to hit the window maybe a little bit before lunch. So 11.15 to 12.30. 
anything from about noon to three thirty is to me, I mean, you can get away with it once in a while. There's posts I'll put out there just to try it, to test it, which will get to be another answer I'll get to. But I find that pocket window really, really tough. You can hit people on lunch once in a while, but that's about it. Um, maybe towards the end of the day before the five o'clock bell. And then after that, any time between about 6.30, 6, 6.30 and 9.30 is pretty good. It, and again, it all depends on your brand. Um one thing I alluded to is like, you want to check out trends, figure, figure out if there's analytics you should be looking at. Um, we have software that we use for our clients to be able to post the content. It also comes with reporting. So every month I just finished that uh, yesterday and a little bit on Monday, I go back and look, I see which post did really, really well. And I try to make conclusions. Why? Okay. Was it was at the time we posted the time, the time was helpful. There's some trends that have happened the last couple of months. Are there certain hashtags that are working really well? Um, Instagram is very much pushed by hashtags. And if you use them properly, can get you some great um, analytics and great exposure that way. So um, knowing your clientele, being, you know, understanding there are dead spaces when you post, um, you can do side by side trials. You could post at the same time for a week, same time for a week, the following and see what that does for you. But understand all these platforms are different. Understand they all have different factors that go into them, whether you're tagging different accounts, location, hashtagging, but um, being able to know where to find that data and then being able to regurgitate it and like put it into action, I think is super important. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, so from our whole talk today, you kind of went over social media, branding, um, your college experience. And if you could give some advice for students looking to go into marketing or social media, what would that advice be? Uh, do it yourself first. If you think that you want to get into social media and run an account for someone locally, I don't know what brand that would be. That's Bell and let's just say Bell and hospital, right? Like, and you're looking in there on four or five different social media platforms and you have a, very stagnant Facebook page. You only scroll through Instagram and look at stories and you have a Twitter account that might as well be suspended because it's inactive. What gives you the, the qualifications to run a, a social media clients or social media for anyone? So I think it's doing it on your, your own and trying different things because like I said, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, and I'm sure you could speak on this, Matt, too, having gone to school twice. Like there's stuff when you're in school that is going on, but you're not taught because it's not in the curriculum because that's not how college and universities are set up. They're set up with giving you a foundation of information, knowing how to find that information going on. It's tough when I was in school from 2008 to 2012 and Facebook was evolving so much and Twitter was evolving and becoming a huge thing that, but like, that's, you can't just on the fly change your curriculum. So you need to on your own, figure these things out, start a TikTok account, figure out how TikTok works. Um, see if you can repurpose some of that content on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and just kind of get creative. It's like your cell phone or your laptop or your tablet should be your canvas really. Like figure out what you can do, figure out what message you want to tell, figure out if you have passions or stories 
and then just go from there. Um, don't don't have so many accounts though where it's overwhelming. I think start small with a, a handful, maybe something you're really really good at, something you're struggling at, something you want to try out, um, and just get creative and put out your own content. And then to find a job in social media is it depends all geographically where you are. I would say in the last year, we've definitely noticed that um, you can really be anywhere and do anything with good internet and a Zoom meeting or any sort of video software. But I think being able to be an asset to a company, whether that's like sort of freelancing, asking for an internship, um, working remote is a complete, probably the way of the future right now. So, and I would say just send out emails, send out connection requests on LinkedIn, slide into someone's DMs on Instagram professionally and ask them, do you need help with this? Here's my portfolio. This is what I've done. Here are my handles on social media and tell them to, to give it a look. And if you could work on a project, maybe that would um, allow you to show off your skills and they may be able to use it or they could say, hey, thanks, but no thanks, but um, tr- better luck next time. Yeah, I really like that way of reaching out, DMing them, um, but then kind of what you spoke about earlier, going out there, um, experimenting things yourself. Um, I, when COVID came around, I did not have a podcast studio. This was not happening for my basement, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get a soundboard. I'm going to get some microphones. I'm going to get the software. And the easiest way to understand what you're looking to do is that to actually do it. Um, and, Mm -hmm. I've learned that and I'm sure many other students have learned that um, and many more will. So definitely um, school though gives us a good, good framework, but ultimately like from when I went to school for the first time in 2012, I went to NWTC. um, Instagram was still rather new and TikTok didn't exist. Um, So a whole bunch of things changed um, and ultimately they change every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of going off of that and kind of wrapping it up, um, going off of your company, is there any internships that your company has to offer to students? Yeah, absolutely. We have an internship opening every semester, um, fall, spring, and then we do have summer internships. One, one intern, uh, we don't have enough. We don't want to have too many interns where we can't give them a quality experience, let them try things. So um, currently we have a UWGB intern right now i think our one last semester was from norbert's one in the fall was a uwgb player as well so we're always having local um you know college students that are willing to work uh really they yeah so right now i think we should actually be it'll become spring break march middle of march we'll probably be posting the one for the summer um that doesn't mean you can't apply ahead of time you can get in contact with our website at bearpm.com there's a contact form on there, just like you would solicit any other business. You can just send us your resume, cover letter, um, because we'll keep those on file. Molly Banky, she's our director of client services. She handles all of our interns and she's a great resource to reach out to ahead of time. You can find her. I won't give her your email because I'd like, if you're willing and able, you should be able to go find it yourself, but go ahead and email us. And um, yeah, we're offering internships all the time for anyone that has any interest in marketing, PR, any sort of writing, um, you will definitely, definitely be able to have a, an opportunity to do stuff that we do on a daily basis and spread your wings and make it the internships that ever you want to be. 
Awesome. Um, and then my last question, which is kind of cut and dry, is there anything else to add? So we're going to we're going to kind of spice it up. Um, okay. And what would your favorite platform be um, and why? like social media platform. And then uh, if you have any closing thoughts for students as we exit out. Sure. Well, my favorite platform is for sure Twitter. Um, I am a huge Packers fan. So I get a lot of information that way. I'm on a couple of Packers podcasts. So interacting with um, people that are a lot smarter than me about the Packers, people that think I'm smart about the Packers, uh, friends of mine, family members of mine, be able to discuss that on that platform, I think is ideal. I also get just a ton of information from Twitter, uh, the explore tab, the trending, the just everything about it. I really, really enjoy. Um, it's just, I think it's one of, I think it's the best app because it just combines a lot of what my favorite things are um, sports, getting information very quickly and interacting with people. Um, close second is YouTube. It's creeping up just because there's so much free entertainment there. Um, I love, I love that aspect of it, but Twitter is by far still uh, number one in my heart right now. Any advice I would say, just, it's, I've kind of said it through this whole thing, but I'll reiterate it. Take any opportunities you can, um, whether that's an unpaid opportunity to show off your skills, uh, be willing and understand that there's certain jobs within the marketing or PR space that probably don't pay as much as you would think they should pay. Um, that might change in the next decade or so just the way the internet evolves and everything is evolving um there's a lot of especially in this area there's a lot of companies that don't see it as an asset uh, they don't even have certain social media they don't have a pr team they don't have a marketing team um but i think that'll come around as our uh area of the state grows a little bit more um try things out on your own like i said if you don't if you have social media on your cell phone and you're not using it but you want to get into social media, it doesn't make sense. It's like if you want to be a power lifter, but you don't like to lift weights or don't lift weights, I, I don't know what you're doing. So try it out. I mean, if you could even make burner accounts, like make accounts that aren't even yourself, don't use them as a troll account, but use them to put out information and video work and just try things out and see if they work. Um, that's always an option if you're too scared of having your face out there and being associated with your, your quote unquote bad, bad work. Um, and be willing to, I think, humble yourself and just ask sometimes for a job. If you see a brand or you see you could provide them value, find someone, find someone through LinkedIn, find someone through Twitter or Instagram and their email on their website and reach out to them. Be persistent. Sometimes one email isn't enough. Sometimes hitting them with a few different angles is, is great. Don't bombard them. Don't be disrespectful. Don't you know, hit their DMS 12 times in a day. And, you know, they're, they're real people too, going through real struggles, especially right now, balancing life and kids and everything else. So, um, but be persistent, be professional and make it easy. If people see your content um, on social media, to be able to find you as well. Like what you heard, make sure to share this podcast with a friend and rate us on Apple podcasts. After that, follow UWGB PRSSA on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are itching to get involved, please visit us at UWGBPRSSA.com. Until next time, continue to network with professionals and grow your skill set to create your story.